Greetings! Welcome to Film Gazers, a podcast focusing on the science fiction, horror, fantasy, trinity, and 20th century entertainment. Oh, I'm Steph. I'm Jess. We're cousins slash besties. Join us as we reminisce, discuss, and review films from our childhood. (laughs) Meowdy. I bought a shirt last week um, that says that. Nice. So, is it a... I've been saying it a lot lately now. Meowdy. <laughs> I feel like you have to say it that exact way. Meowdy. Meowdy. <laughs> and you have to nod your head, like, instinctually. Like you're tipping a cowboy hat. Exactly. We are starting back to school theme mm-hmm. in the month of August. I also found out that basically there are three, I don't know, air dates for us or whatever. Like, just the way our the way our mm. Tuesdays roll. <laughs> There's three Tuesdays? Yes, that... Uh, we can have an episode. So I added on Jawbreaker. I saw, I saw you. I just you tapped that on there. there on I did. Me. I stuck it in there on you. <laughs> I didn't notice until someone posted or commented. Commented. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, I love Jawbreaker. And I was like, what? oh, Jawbreaker. I thought I'd make it a surprise I was like, for I you. I mean, I love that movie. Yeah, so. I know you love that one. It's been um, a long time since I've seen it. I watched it because of you. Like, when we were growing up, you were the mm-hmm. one who introduced it to me. I was like, oh, we got a third Tuesday on there. And I kind of didn't make a choice because we were using um, Christopher's choice for Rock and Roll High School. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'll just I'll throw in Jawbreaker. Why yeah. not? It'll be a fun one to do. So, yeah, so that's going to be the third pick, uh, along with the ones we had already announced, which is today's episode, obviously, now and then. And then we're going to be doing Rock and Roll High School. Again, that was suggested by Christopher from the Time Shifters podcast. Give him a listen. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun. I just listened to their um, 10,000 BC episode. I have never seen that one. Um, have you seen that movie? If I have, I remember nothing. nothing. Yeah. Okay, so i never seen it. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll listen to this one because it's something I've never seen. And, oh, apparently... Um, uh, Emmerich does it though, so I thought it was funny. We had both did July movies that were done because we did Independence Day. Oh, okay. So we both did movies directed by what Roland Emmerich, right? Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was funny. I was like, "What are the odds? <laughs> what are the chances? What are the odds?" I don't know why I felt like I had to talk like a twenties gangster. <laughs> you see, so that's what's going to be on the schedule. Again, like every episode this summer, we've been busy, yo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always and forever. So obviously, though, I uh, posted a little bit since I had that back-to-school post, so I'm going to try to start getting into a hang of it or carving out just like this time daily, or not daily, but maybe like weekly, <clears throat> carve out a little bit, just get it scheduled. Monthly. Monthly. <laughs> then I'll turn into bi-monthly. <laughs> And then that's how it happens. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm talking about myself also. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that was me talking for myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've been going through stuff. It's been a rough uh, summer just with the relentless heat and then just bullshit. Dealing with a lot of bullshit. Not going <laughs> to sugarcoat it. So with that... What you been watching, Jess, <laughs> to, um, to release you from the endless bullshit? To release me from the uh, weight of the world that is pressing on the back of my shoulders. 
Um, botched. I've been watching a lot of botched. <laughs> still, <laughs> still, still botched. Still unbotched. Still unbotched. I get it. That's my comfort food right now. Mm-hmm. TV. And then, no, we watched this new show, um, Silo. It was on, I think it was on Peacock. It was different. It was a dystopian future oh, kind of okay. thing, which I love. Yeah. And that's kind of I my, know you're really into like dystopian. That's my bag. Genre. Baby. <laughs> you're digging mm-hmm. it. No, um, <clears throat> I wasn't until the end. I wasn't a Aww. fan of the end. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah, but I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, still watching Dragon Ball Z. I mean, it's a long show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been working on, like, business stuff, business stuff. So, yeah, only kind of making time in the evenings for just a couple episodes of something, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, yeah, been Dragon Ball. Still loving it. I'm into the, I believe he's calling it the Cell Saga or like Android Saga. I think it's Androids. Anyway, it's interesting so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also watched the Broly movie. Um, that's the name of the character. Um, and it's a Dragon Ball Z movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so nice. that, that was the movie we watched. Um, other than that, I had to like work a night shift. So we kind of, things just got on a different schedule kind of this week. So it's been whatever, uh, British Bake Off, the professionals though was released. So that's the new, uh, fallen asleep to show. <laughs> I've been actually making it to bed lately. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. You said you've been doing like some yoga before bed though. Yes. Uh, has that helped like make a routine for you? It does. It helps like wake me up enough to go to bed. <laughs> In this episode, we watched 1995's Now and Then. The release dates were as follows. (laughs) In the United States, it was October 20th, 1995. In the United Kingdom, it aired June 7th, 1996. The running time, 100 minutes. Directed by Leslie Linka Gladder. Written by Marlene King, produced by Demi Moore and Suzanne Todd. It was starring Christina Ritchie, Thora Birch, Gabby Hoffman, Ashley Aston Moore, Melanie Griffith, Demi Moore, Rosie O'Donnell, and Rita Wilson. We also, of course, saw Cloris Leachman, and there yes. was uh, Bonnie Hunt as well, had a little cameo. Oh, yes, I saw her As Chrissy's the mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, cinematography was... Uli Steiger, edited by Jacqueline Cambus, music by Cliff Eidelman. The budget was $12 million, and the box office was $37.5 million. So, nice. not bad. It doubled. Um, didn't cost a heck of a lot to make, to be honest, you know, right. considering some of the movie budgets that we've shared on here for like well, the action stuff. Well, it's not like it had you know. um, explosions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, it was filmed largely in the Country Walk subdivision of Coffee Bluff Road in Savannah, Georgia. Mm. That's why it has those, like, that cute vibe yeah. to it. Um, of course, it's supposed to be Shelby, Indiana in the movie. Uh, using the Gaslight Edition and Old Town Cemetery, highlighting the downtown area. Nice. Uh, additional filming was done in Statesboro, Georgia. So, a lot of the filming was done in Georgia, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some beautiful areas. In I know it really does. It has some really pretty countryside and and the Savannah like city mm-hmm. scape. Yes, it was beautiful. 
We love Savannah, Georgia. I, I yes. believe we talked about that last year when we went. Mwah. Mwah. I would live Nine there. out of ten if they had a couple better coffee places. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but at least the other one we found was really good. Yeah. So. Uh, Marlene King, who wrote the movie, had also wrote the screenplay. It kind of started almost when she was like ten years old, basically. Like, she, I guess, always kind of had this idea for this movie. Hmm. And so she wrote it when she got older as well. Um, she was like... Quoted to have said, this really was basically my childhood. I had some best friends. We did seances in the graveyard. We loved a good mystery. She said her parents were also getting a divorce at that time in her life. So it really was like kind of a true to life thing for her. Uh, Samantha, the character of Samantha herself, was based on her actual sister who was named Sandra. Mm. Um so I'm thinking maybe Marlene King was almost uh, kind of like Samantha's younger sister okay, a little bit in a life. sense. Yeah. yeah, like that's maybe it was kind of like from her eyes perhaps. Um, who also I believe was a, a young rumor Willis, the little sister. Really? Yeah, because I, I recognized her. I, think I didn't recognize her She has at all. a very distinct like uh, facial features of like Bruce Willis, and that uh, I feel like, and I'm not saying that in a mean way. <laughs> no, I know. Because she just, grew into her features. Now I can see. But yeah, I, now I can see it. But I, know I always it's her. recognize her. I was like, oh, that's a little rumor. <laughs> I could tell when I was watching it. Um, so yeah, that was her, <laughs> and. Um, and yeah. then Demi Moore, of course, produced yeah. it. So I was like, that makes sense. Oh, like, she was like, was oh, make yeah. rumor. Yeah. So um, the film did receive unfavorable reviews uh, for the most part upon its release. Um, although it still is considered a box office success since mm-hmm. it did make, you know, money. Um, and it is uh, still considered a cult classic. What um, were the reviews? negative about we're gonna get oh. <laughs> i know because i was the same thing i was like huh i wonder like like bad like i could see if people are just like oh it's a kid's movie or you know like a few things that are, are obvious to like kind of like i guess pick on on this movie if you're gonna like have some cons with it you know but yeah i this is where we're gonna go a little deeper too in this movie as well uh when it comes to uh kind of about sexism and things like that so basically we will give it this, though, because I will say the girl showed up is what it seems like. Because even though critics, which it was pointed out in one of the articles I'm going to cover, that uh, film critic critique and film review in general is a boys club and has been for the most part. Um, even by the article I read was in 2018, so it's still within the last decade, um, talking about how just women largely had not been... Um, at the forefront or largely included in a lot of film review, mm-hmm. which obviously we are helping break that boundary. <laughs> <laughs> right? As we speak. As we speak. <laughs> so they kind of pointed out that they feel like, honestly, some of the bad reviews were mostly by men. And the men in them, when they were complaining about certain aspects of this movie, they were bringing up other, like, coming-of-age tales that were done by men and kind of for boys. Like, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like... Apples to oranges. uh, Yeah, a little bit. Like, they weren't seeing what, you know, this movie is for girls. Like, I feel like that did contribute probably to the, like, quote-unquote bad reviews, you know? Right. Uh, Because they were, like, trying to always compare it to Stand By Me. 
And that's, oh, well, it's like Stand but By But why me. can't it be a girl's version of Stand By <laughs> Me? What's wrong with that? Well, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, now, there was a review from the Austin Chronicle in 95 that said, we need more films about girls, big girls and little girls. But as much as Leslie Linka Gladder's debut film promises to be a Stand By Me for girls, now and then falls in its attempt to portray both the present and the past with equal success. It's sweet and it's often funny, but ultimately its slice-of-life approach tries too hard to incorporate current events like the Vietnam War. So that mm. was a more um, I can see that. fair review. And that review, I believe, actually was written by a woman. See, and that's the difference. Right. Because, like, Roger Ebert's review was, like, a little more scathing and was saying, like, oh, well, you need to just watch this other movie that's better but that movie was done by a man and I read a synopsis of it and it almost also sounded like it had this like bit of eroticism that wasn't necessary exactly like because it was like talking about I was like oh and then she proceeds to pretend to make out with her hand or show how to make out some (laughs) other hand and I was like that feels like something a man would write (laughs) like (laughs) you know what what movie was it? I don't know. It's, I can't even remember the name of it now. I think it was called The Man on the Moon or The Man in the Moon. It was something like that. Hmm. Which I guess I think it is a critically acclaimed movie. I personally had not seen it, though. Um, or heard of it, actually. I was like, oh, well, that's weird. So I might check it out still and see this comparison that Sir Ebert is coming up with. So he he said that one over now and then is what you should watch? Uh, Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, well, now I got to go see it. And then if it's fucking stupid, I'm going to be like, fuck you, Roger Ebert. Anyway, so that is (laughs) That's a little bit why the reviews varied, I Mm. guess. Um, (laughs) But I will give it this. It debuted in the number two spot behind Get Shorty. But above the thriller seven, more people oh. went and saw now and then than they did seven. Wow! At that, the like point, like yeah. So people wanted a feel good movie. I yeah, I would say so. Because um, I fucking love seven, so I'm like, I mean, I don't know if I would have chose now and then over seven. In '95, well, like- I would not then. <laughs> oh. I'm saying, I'm saying now. <laughs> Because um, I feel like I saw Seven in 95. And it was pretty... I mean, that would be way... It was way, pretty gruesome. You were like 10. Yeah. That was <laughs> way too young to see that movie. I remember it being like, oh, what's in the box? I don't think I actually saw the movie Seven till I was maybe like 12, you know? Yeah. Probably 11 or 12. Probably 12. 12 or 13. It's only like one or two years older. Yeah. That was like three years older. <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was a rather funny fact. Um, And this is when I'm going to go a little more into that article that um, I referenced. It's called Now and Then is a Lot Darker Than You Remember by Ann Cohen, and it was on Refinery29. Oh, this is where it goes a little bit about Roger Ebert. Um, It said, when it hit theaters in October 95, the film was poorly received by critics. At the Chicago Sun-Times, Roger Ebert called the film a gimmicky sitcom, pointing, (laughs) oh, there it is, to Man in the Moon and Stand By Me, both directed by men, (laughs) as better examples of the genre. Mm -hmm. TV Guide gave it two stars, sneering at the sappy derivative girls coming-of-age tale set in the groovy 70s. 
Like, it almost feels like people were just like, ew, it's for girls, which I think is relevant because of the Barbie movie that just came out and the reviews that I'm kind of, you know, hearing across. Yeah, you know, are these people just angry that, like, because I guess Barbie references. Uh, you know, the patriarchy and things yeah, like all these I, feminist I themes. Yeah, I, I did too. So I was like, well, I have to. <laughs> it did make me not want to see it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I'm, I want to. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. Um, I don't know what I'm going to work it into seeing it, but it will happen eventually. Know, right? uh, so yeah, I just thought it was kind of very relevant um, in terms of how the review system still works to this day. And we're talking about a movie that released in 1995. Right. Like, and not too too much has changed other than uh assholes like you and me can make a fucking podcast and at least review a film that like (laughs) girls in 95 didn't get to do that you know so maybe they could get on the uh cb radio (laughs) cb radio breaker 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 10-4 over and out so i thought that was pretty interesting it also mentions about how this movie wasn't even uh, available. It wasn't even cleared for any kind of digital distribution until August 2019. Mm. So for years, it was basically almost inaccessible even to other girls. Like, so I feel like we were lucky that we were the age it was when we came out. Like, we got to see it. It was a part of our, like, lives. It sounds like this movie kind of missed a whole little generation of girls um, to see it even. Crazy. So I thought that was, yeah, also kind of crazy. And then there was also another female critic, Karen James. She had issues with the film, but for different reasons. She wrote the film is based on the solid idea that girls need coming-of-age stories, but one that still resembles a boy's coming-of-age story. Like, we can just make our own. It doesn't have to be Stand By Me for Girls. Like, we can just have our own movie that's meant to follow the girls' coming-of-age storyline. Um, and I, I'll give her that in that the mystery aspect while is a much larger part of this film than I remember. Same. Yeah. I um, don't remember even the seances. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what they're kind of saying is almost that 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 plot line was unnecessary for, because that was a boy's coming of age. That was Stand By Me, basically. That's what that part was. Right. Like we deal with death ever. (laughs) Women listen to more true crime than any other. So we could argue. Yeah, so we could argue the mystery actually right on point for a girl's coming of age tale. I wanted to be fucking Nancy Drew. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) So, uh, so I did. I just wanted to share that that was some thoughts of some critics were like this part was unnecessary or that was too much like Stand by Me or they're trying to too much to be like the boys movie. But I disagree because I think any kind of crime or sleuthing is right up any girl's alley. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't think that's so far-fetched. No. (laughs) Apparently, it took a lot of effort from producer Jennifer Todd and Demi Moore to convince Rosie O'Donnell to sign on. No one, I didn't see anything that really said specifically why, just that it kind of took her some convincing. And here's the thing that I think is kind of shitty. Like... Rosie O'Donnell, man, I feel like she gets the shit end of a stick a lot in her Hollywood career. Like, just how she was treated a lot of the time. And this is one of those times. Um, Because originally the script was written, and then even pretty much the movie was shot with the intention that Roberta is gay. Like, Mm. that was the original intent. Okay. And that is what King told Entertainment Tonight in 2015. But when the movie was screened for test audiences, King explained that viewers, like, freaked out. (laughs) Get this. 
because Roberta was also serving as Chrissy's gynecologist. And was her obstetrician. Oh. So they were so grossed out that a lesbian was delivering a fucking baby. Because she's looking at a vagina. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's looking at a vagina and she likes vaginas. Yes. How fucking dare she? Even though male gynecologists and obstetricians also like vaginas and and see them them all the the time. time. But somehow it's not themselves for a lesbian to do it. Right. How fucking dare you? <laughs> like, it made me so mad that one, people are that pieces of shit, that that's what bothered them in the whole movie. Not the grown men talking to the little girls, but the lesbian delivering her best friend's baby. <laughs> so, they ended up ultimately having to change the script. And it wasn't, Marlene King says, it wasn't my decision in any way, shape, or form. And I know that it, Rosie was incredibly upset about mm. it. Because um, they changed it at the last minute. And, like, it was the production company. And at that point, everything's already, you know what I mean? So I was like, that's bullshit, man. Shit in the stick. While I love the Richie Devin Sawa, like, yes. love story. Like, little girl me, that was little it. Little girl like, me, that was so you know, dreamy. But... I mean, still, even just because Roberta grows up to be a lesbian doesn't mean she couldn't have had that scene. Like, you know, it's fine. Like, either way. So just knowing that the very end, like, that they don't acknowledge that Roberta grew up and was an out lesbian. Like, such bullshit, man. And I just thought that, yeah. It's so funny because why is it so acceptable in fried green tomatoes? Well, because they never, like, explicitly say it. But everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, that's kind of what you had to take with now and then. You know what I mean? Well, I guess they had to already show a love interest for her. So you would know she's gay. Yeah, or something. I don't know. Just any kind of acknowledgement. Just shit I got with Christy. Or even showing her to where she kisses Devin Sawa, but then she's like, I'm not... I'm not into dudes. Like, you know, like, showing, like, to where she's not, like, knows she's not into that. But nope, they didn't do any of that. So uh, when everything was cast, they did cast the younger girls first. Um, that was when Christina Ritchie was like, boom, first, first up. Because first we know she was every, she was 90 girls bay. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, oh my gosh, she kissed, I forgot she kissed Devin Sawa in two movies. Yeah, like multiple times. Um, during their final week of filming in Savannah, the adult counterparts um, were then brought in. They had watched footage of the girls' performances, and so that's what then they brought the girls, like, to the table that way. So I did think that was a cool way, Mm -hmm. Um, but they were never on set at the same time. Like little ones. mm -hmm, Yeah, they never pretty much interacted at all. Apparently, uh, the girls were all wild about Devin Sawa. Of course. (laughs) Of course. But everyone kind of said that it was Richie that uh, reigned supreme in getting his um, affections, I suppose. Yeah. Um, And apparently, Pulp Fiction also came out around this time, and that's what all the kids were seeing. Like, they all went and saw Pulp Fiction multiple times. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Because you got to think, they were more like 15 and 16, I guess, when they filmed this. Yeah. So I guess they they still were like normal teenagers. Yeah. So I thought that was funny. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to originally be the Brendan Fraser character. Oh. Yeah. Um, He dropped out at the last minute. Um, They had seen Brendan Fraser, really liked him, had hired him. 
But if they hadn't have already hired him, there was another agent that had called and was trying to get them to look at this new guy, Matt Damon. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the hitchhiker could have gone a lot of different ways. I love that it was Brendan Fraser. Me too. Loved that it was him. Glad that it was him. Mm. But again, we'll get later to the mm. creepy aspect. Um, <laughs> so those were all my fun facts. I, this one was kind of fun to look into. And like I said, still also just seems relevant of the moment with the Barbie movie and kind of feminism mm-hmm. and uh, movies for girls by girls. Because uh, a lot of this movie written, directed, Obviously, it was produced. Like, all women were involved. So Bringing it back to 90s girl power. I know, right? Girl energy. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling it. So with that, Jess is going to read the Yagogoldsamra. Three strong women return home to reunite with their childhood friend and see her through the end of her first pregnancy. The four lifelong friends share the memories of the unforgettable summer of 1970. The summer their innocent younger selves grew up. I like the sound of that. When was the last time uh, you saw this one? It has to have been over a decade. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. I want to say probably the same. I feel like I did watch it again sometime in my 20s. Mm, probably same. Yeah, I can't tell you like specifics. Um, don't have that much of a recollection of a rewatch. Apparently, I remember a lot of the soundtrack because I was listening to it on the way out here. Nice. <laughs> I do remember the soundtrack the most because we both had it. I had the CD. Mm-hmm. I listened to it constantly. Yeah, I loved it. I know every song on it. Yep. And obviously not three times is my favorite. Oh, uh, I think the Hitchhiker or Hitch and a Ride. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one's a really good one, too. Because <laughs> that was the one I was listening to when I was pulling up. I was like, oh, my God, I forgot about this song. <laughs> nice. Ride, ride, ride. I know they're all it's good and even the 90s music used I appreciated that one more this time around because it brought my own nostalgia now right because obviously I wasn't alive during the 70s exactly (laughs) but um, they were very in in the 90s yeah and the now and then song too Mm -hmm. like still love it brought back great memories in that respect of like just me listening to music. Yeah. I love music so much. Was, right. This soundtrack was like the a big soundtrack part of to that. our lives. Yeah, really. Yeah, it really <laughs> was. Um, what were your favorite memories of the film before you got into it? Um, back then I was, you know, we were obsessed with Devin Sawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so any part of him and Christina Ritchie, I remember being like, oh, hard yeah. for us. Like, oh, the love story. Like, all oh, over again. I know. It cast her all over again. <laughs> <laughs> like you were shipping them hard (laughs) like I really wanted to be her but I was probably more Chrissy actuality (laughs) I always felt like I was definitely more the tomboy side of Roberta because the bicycle Mm -hmm. I would I wasn't athletic but I loved to like climb trees and I did my crazy wannabe gymnastics stuff like I I climbed a lot Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
I got real dirty a lot. Yeah. I feel like I was a mixture of her and Samantha. Because Samantha was very moody and broody. Mm-hmm. And that was definitely me. I guess that was kind of me as well. Yeah. <laughs> so what, you're a Chrissy Samantha? I guess I'm a Chrissy Samantha. And I feel like I might have been a Roberta Samantha. Yeah. With a little Chrissy, too. <laughs> I feel like all of them are still really good, like, archetypes. They're all different aspects of your personality. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got a little, like, Golden Girls-ish, exactly. like, you know, kind of vibes going on a little bit. And then the girls, I thought, still did a fantastic job. I like agree. The actresses. They, they did. I remember my favorite parts being, yeah, of course, like the Devin Sawa, Christina Ritchie, little love story for sure. Just them riding their bikes all over the place. Uh, yeah, loved. that is really the big memory I had, too, and that I related to the most mm-hmm. was just that sense of, like, kind of freedom a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. child freedom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like, oh, when they're like, can we drive our bikes to Greenfield or whatever? Like, that. That question and then them doing it. Right. Like, that is... Yeah, we can do anything. Yeah, like the happiest memory I feel like that I get from this movie is more of my favorite part is the feeling it evokes inside me. I I know. (laughs) Like nostalgia. Yeah. Melancholia. Yeah. Almost. It really is, because I'm like, man, sometimes it'd be nice to be like, I'm just going to get on my bicycle and ride. Ride. (laughs) As far as my little legs can take me. Exactly. (laughs) You're all sweaty, and remember that feeling of, like, dirt on your skin, and, like, the crunch of, like, I had that, I had, like, oyster shell roads, like, growing up, like, yeah, so, yeah, those are my kind of memories. So I guess you could say that we're we're both very fond of this film. Yes. (laughs) Um, even though it is like this re- rewatch, I'm like, it is very like sappy 90s for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, definitely. But I'm like, I'm going to overlook it because yeah. it's like, you know, from my childhood. So. Exactly. Total like, nostalgia. Yeah, I'll yeah. totally give it a pass for that. Mm-hmm. So with that, we'll just, yeah, fully get into the thing. Get into the it. New Line Cinema logo little intro. Very mm-hmm. comforting to me. Very comforting, yeah. <laughs> And it starts out with sign still delivered. Going back into this, I was really worried, especially because I do enjoy the soundtrack so much, but I was like, oh God, is it going to be like Practical Magic or some of these other ones or uh, A Knight's Tale where they just are shoving in these yeah, songs, you know, and like, yeah, it's too much. Or no, I thought they many. did a good job with it. It was bad. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank goodness. It's not like just a giant or it's a montage, but not an actual montage. Right. It's more of like, oh, they're driving on it's their bicycles. Part of the, it's still part yeah. of the moment. Um, and it fits within the moment. It's not, again, like Night's Tale, I felt like jarring or disjointed. Uh, again, a practical magic and stuff, just, oh, too much. <laughs> like, really, <laughs> calm down. Um, no, I feel like the use of the class, like, classic, the classic 70s, I guess, kind of music. And then it would even go into some of the 90s mm-hmm. when it did go into the modern, like, time with them. So, yeah, I still enjoyed that and was pleasantly surprised that it didn't get ruined for me. <laughs> right, yeah, same. Although the Red Rover scene, again, memorable, <laughs> but I'm like, why is it just the four of them in, like, an entire school? <laughs> like Because they, that, they were all that was left. Oh, is that what I, okay. Yeah, they were losing. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, if we get Booger Picker, <laughs> that at least gives one more. And they're like, yeah, we won. And they're like, I mean, we still... There's like 20 a long million way to go. Of us. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was very, like you said, like the cheesy 90s, like we have to have these key components. Right, And right. I feel like even the critic reviews, that that is a more valid, like, okay, it's cookie That's a total cutter valid. in that respect it is, for but sure. But fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you shit on my childhood! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so and I did... wait. I do have a distinct memory okay. of being a kid and being so upset that Rosie O'Donnell was who Christina Ricci grew up to be. <laughs> Why? I was like, Mm-mm, not my Christina Ricci. She did not grow up to be Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I was like, they don't even talk the same. Like she's not even from the same area. I mean, that's true. Rosie O'Donnell is very much like... Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell, yeah. She was very New York, I guess. Yeah. Like, I thought that was funny. Because she, like, she sounds nothing like her. But yeah, as a kid, I was so upset. Now I just think it's funny. I mean, I think it's funny that I was upset. Like, why, why did that I'm like, why did that care? They sound nothing alike. They don't look like I don't want Christina Frazier to look like that. Because I envisioned her as, that's who I wanted to be. And I don't want to look like Rosie O'Donnell when I grow up. It's probably. <laughs> you <laughs> helped perpetuate the Rosie O'Donnell hate mm-hmm. that was in the 90s. Probably. For shame. <laughs> I'm team Rosie. <laughs> I was a little bitch. Everybody knows it. <laughs> you were such a little bitch. I am trying to have growth, okay? <laughs> I've grown a lot since the past like 16 years. <laughs> um, so it is very much like in the realm of far, far off. <laughs> in the realm of far of <laughs> The nice can't <laughs> <laughs> So much like fried green tomatoes, we get the narration, and it is Samantha. Because she became a writer of science fiction, which that was where I was like, teenage Stephanie really then was like, oh my God, I really like Samantha. Oh, of course. Because <laughs> I want to be a sci-fi writer. <laughs> See, to me, Christina Rishi was everything back then. <laughs> Chrissy is the catalyst character of why they're all getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, though, the narration is like, Demi Moore, they're going like, Oh, well, so I made a pact with my friends, and now I have to go back to this town in Indiana. Like, smoke, it, smoke, smoke. Yeah, chain smoke, <laughs> chain smoke. So cool. Look at my tiny glasses. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, girl, Marvel Reds? Yeah, she's puffing them down. Yeah. Um, and then it goes to Chrissy uh, cuts to her with doing a great Michael Jackson's I'll Be There rendition, uh, <laughs> which yeah. Rita Wilson did uh, very well. <laughs> I agree. Like, she was hitting them high notes. Yeah, she was. Curling her hair to heaven. Oh, man. Just the entirety of Chrissy. Uh, the character of yeah. Chrissy. Um, I believe there was She's also a, a quote from Marlene saying that she was like, well, I felt like I was all of the girls except for Chrissy. <laughs> So funny. Which I feel like that is the downfall of that character is they make her a little too one dimensional. Yeah. Um, she's very much the housewife mom archetype, which there are women that like exist like that where they do. They want to grow up and they want to be moms and wives. And if that's your choice, 
that's cool. <laughs> as long as it's your choice. but Because uh, your mom told you to. Yeah, and they touched on it a little bit, at least I will give them that. But I just feel like not like they did with the other girl characters. Um, because with her, one, they kind of, uh, with her weight or eating, they little poke a little too much fun at that. Kind of mm-hmm. bothered me a little bit. Um, they're like, oh, what, Chrissy, you're just supposed to be the fat girl you can, like, make fun of. There's always got to be one. I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. So I guess they really made that as accurate as possible. But then also... I mean, they do that with uh, the boys, too. To true. Be I mean, yeah, yeah that, you're right. But again, why do the, the girls... We don't have to stick to the boy dynamic exactly. structure. You know, like, don't make fun of the fat girl. Exactly. And empower her. Like... I mean, and they even have the one scene where Christina Richie's telling her, oh, you need to get a head start. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's fine, I guess, if you're acknowledging she really maybe couldn't keep up. So, I right. guess it's kind of like, hey, looking out. But I'm like, oh, well, then who grows up to be? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but they do, they just keep her, Chrissy's character so infantile. And, two, she lives in her childhood home. But I guess that is supposed to be... Uh, they all have kind of something in their lives uh, in adulthood, you know, their own, like the childhood trauma. Like some of them came out. Yeah. There's this little bits of trauma they all have. And hers made her almost regret, regress or stay the same, you Mm. know, like, Oh, well, and Shelby, everything's safe. And, and she was like, oh, if there could have been this horrible murder here, then I'm never going to leave this fucking town yeah, because true. it's going to be so much worse. Like, so I feel like, yeah. yeah if this happens here, what's out there? Because she says that, yeah. yeah. So it's like, and I even had wrote in my notes, like, this is the moment that broke Chrissy. And this <laughs> is why she becomes the woman she becomes. Like, right. she doesn't almost kind of leave that era at all. Like, right. it's the 90s and she's living in 1970s still, basically. Yeah, kind of sad yeah right it is um and that's kind of all you delve in but that's kind of as deep as you get with her character you know besides that little bit of them talking about how her mom fucked her up too about like gardening (laughs) references to sex (laughs) but i love though that bonnie hunt's character was like well since your friends are trash mouth i know So funny. So that's what I'm saying. So it was like her mom was still like thinking she was doing it in an age appropriate way. And the other kids have just, they're already let on, you know, which I get. I was a kid that kind of already knew everything. And then if someone asked me, I was just telling them, you know, because I didn't know it was like a big hush hush thing. (laughs) I think I had seen enough. I don't know, maybe like animals. Like I knew the gist of what happened. Yeah, like the concepts. Yeah, the concepts. (laughs) But I think that's just how... Not, that's how naive and sheltered Chrissy is supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, it's like she doesn't even get this other stuff. Which I get it too, though. I mean... Well, it is I was a late bloomer too, even in the 90s. So certain terms or things I didn't really understand yeah, didn't either, either. Because I didn't have that many friends. And the friends that I did have like weren't doing those things either. So I don't right. know how would they have known either. <laughs> so yeah, you basically... It introduced us first off with... Some of the girls well, as kids, and then you get to see introduces us to their adult counterparts, and then she narrates us back into the 1970. Mm-hmm. And pretty much the whole rest of the movie is the child actors, and you don't see the adult actors again until the very end. And I remember from my childhood that it was too much of the adult actors. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yes. And now I'm like, oh my god, there's none. <laughs> 
They like come in and finish it out. There's not even as much as fried green tomatoes. Yeah, I know exactly. And this one was the one where I'm like, I mean, they could have done without the adult part kind of at all, really. Yeah, it like was it kind could of have just been a girls coming of age film. It really yeah. didn't need any the 90s part of it. Any of that, really. I think they just wanted to see how many A plus actors they could get. Right, I know. And I mean, I guess it made it kind of fun of like seeing who was who. Well, oh, and well, and that they also just they kept that pack and that that friendship, you know, like and that treehouse. I know. The treehouse was everything back it then. It was. It was so beautiful. So cool. So, the movie very much is, as a lot of the critics even described, uh, a rather slice of life, like, kind of movie, you know, mm-hmm. for kids. Um, you get the boy gang, basically the rivalry boys with Warning Devin Sawa himself, who just, oh my gosh, when I was young, I mean, I just swooned. You know? Oh, oh like, I know. Yeah, so they taken. show their butts so many times. I know, which I was I like, was like oh my god, that happens under today? Under age boy butt? I think so. <laughs> but I remember being the same age as them. I'm like, yeah, so you're oh, like, oh my goodness. We would try to like pause to see if we oh, could see their penis. And apparently, <laughs> so he acknowledged this um, uh, when he was a little older, I guess, because everyone, there was always the rumor of you could pause it at a certain Right, thing. and see his penis. And he was like, no, you can't see my penis. Like, we were 14 and 15 years old. Like, they put us in like these sock things that were, right. it's like completely covered. like covered. Um, he was like, which was actually quite embarrassing, you know, like to do any of that when you're like that age. And that's what I'm like too thinking. I'm like, yeah, like, was it appropriate then? Would it be appropriate now? Or is it more of just in, you know, capturing, uh, an age of innocence? Um, and because we're Americans and we're more puritanical, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, is that why we see it as inappropriate? Like, because they're children? Because, like, in Europe, like, would they feel the same way about showing little boy butts in a movie? (laughs) Like, you you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Something interesting to think about. But I was like, hmm, I feel like that would not be in a movie made now, maybe. Probably not. Mm -hmm. Or they would use, like, stunt doubles. I mean, you know. Like yeah, like not let actors. them actually do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it was uh, interesting to read about that. That even he was like commenting on it, you know. But I even love him because he's like, well, now be the only one that hasn't seen his penis. And they'll be the top of a conversation. I know. And I like, she's like, I'm doing it under protest. And they're like, okay, Chrissy. <laughs> like, nobody's forcing you to. Mm-hmm. I like that they, though also showed their group dynamic that they were different, but they were, like, okay with each other's differences. And I liked how it was and that still, they like, accepted two best friends, two best friends. Yeah, and it still shows the cliques that even go within. even further yeah. within, like, girlfriend groups. So now of. I don't feel so different, because I was always like, how do people have, like, four friends? Well, they do, but there's always going to be... But there's the, still, like, yeah, a click inside Everyone there. always has, like, their bestie. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And they do uh, show you that, too. So, yeah, like you said, it was really cool. So you do see that it's kind of Chrissy and Roberta that end up becoming closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also Samantha and Teeny that share a little more in common and have their bonding moments. And if you notice, too, that each of those little... with The click within the clicks, they don't acknowledge the... Closeness. The closeness. Yeah. Or, or share, you know, like... 
they don't talk about when Samantha almost dies. Right. Like, they don't tell them shit. They're like, this is between you and me, bitch. I know. And I'm like, I wonder why, though, that she almost died. I know. She almost died the other night when we were going home. (laughs) And they were like, we cannot tell Roberta and Chrissy. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy Pete helped us. Like saved my ass. That was the one thing where I'm like, damn, they don't even share that. Like, I feel like that's almost a little, like, too clicky. Like, right. <laughs> like, god damn, you almost died. Yeah. In a sewer hole. Oh, Ew, gross. right? Uh, sorry, guys. You might hear fucking lawnmower over there because it's... Oh, it's midday in Florida, so I better mow my grass like a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> don't have a heat stroke out there, buddy. So, yeah, I did enjoy the dynamics and uh, the characters of all of the girl cast. I think all of it was, like, fucking gold. Mm -hmm. I love Thora Birch, too. Yes. She's so good. They're all so good. They're all good. They're all great in it. But Thora Birch, her little, like, when she's on her bike doing that little sexy dance. Yes. (laughs) So funny. I'm so cool and beautiful. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, she was so good in it. The pudding. Yeah. <laughs> pudding, water balloons. And they said that she really did wear those, and it really was filled with pudding. Because so <laughs> she was like, wanted it to be accurate when yeah. she was like a kitty. Authentic. I know. I was like, oh, look at her, the little actress she always was. And Gabby Hoffman, I totally forgot she was in Girls. Yeah. Um, I forgot that was her, I guess. So uh, yeah, that, I guess I forgot was that, that was her. in that show, too. Transparent, mm-hmm. which I used to watch that. But yeah, and then Brendan Fraser. Yes, because they it was so hot go on their <laughs> adventure, and yeah. I did love this entire scene. I said, like I said, that like childhood freedom, right? And they're going off, run into the sky. But this is where it's like he gives them fucking cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> like, so funny. The seventies were wild because oh, you yeah. know that that probably something like that would have happened then. Oh like, yeah, that no some big deal. Hippie, Vietnam vet guy hitchhiking around, all this uh, gaggle of little girls, hey, da, 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 talking to him. Oh, hey, you want some cigarettes? Like, ah, I don't know. I was just, as an adult watching this, I was uncomfortable the whole time. As a kid, it was like everything. Mesmerizing. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, this is beautiful. And how they did the scene man. when they're like, oh, well, I guess, because he's walking, they like said, roll up, and then, like, oh, break time, I guess. And they all, like, it was like fucking watching West Side Story. Like, the way that they sat on that truck. Yeah, they're like... Like... Oh. <laughs> I was literally expecting snapping. Yeah, like, happened to like, oh, let's all sit down for story time. Exactly, yeah. So that's where I will also give the some of the bad reviews that put that. I don't think it's because of sexism. I think it's because... Yeah, that was super cheesy. Yeah, it like, was cheesy. It was a little fine. too much. A little, like, I guess too on the nose, maybe. Yeah. Like, them trying to be like, well, it was 1970. Like, you're in your little small town. And I guess it's supposed to be the glimpse of, like, what is happening outside. Yeah, of, yeah. Of this summer, you know, that they're having. Um, but it's yeah. when they start to lose their innocence. They start yeah. to grow up a little bit. But yeah. still, the scene itself, a little put upon. Yeah, it was a little on the nose, yeah. like I said. So, they ain't they But ain't my wrong. favorite part of the scene was when, after he told her, like, oh, you can't run away from your problems, or whatever he said to her. And she's like, bah. She was trying to be cool when she was saying bye. She kept saying bye, like, three times. Oh. <laughs> bah. Chrissy's like not having it. Right. (laughs) 
She's like, mm-mm, not impressed. I like that Chrissy, though, is basically, she has and always will be the mom friend. Right. And I guess that's, what, that's her archetype. Like, she's just going to be wary, which I give it to Chrissy. I'm like, yes, you should be wary of any grown man giving, like, 12 to 14 year old girls fucking cigarettes right later and then she has like a moment with fucking pete when he saves her or whatever um and she goes back but it's still just weird like that was a little uncomfortable scene too she's like i'm scared too pete (laughs) scared of what (laughs) like what are you about to do to pete are you about to make out with Cause you get a little close there. <laughs> it's I guess it was just weird. Yeah, it was. I feel like the two scenes with the grown ass men were a little weird. And then knowing, like I said, and now knowing this movie was made by women, I'm like, but why though? Why did you like? I guess it's supposed to be more of a touching moment. Uh, again, with the Vietnam scene, we know why why it was. Well, Brendan like Fraser is super. I oh mean, my, dreamy. Yes, yeah, so, so of course, any teenage girl's gonna be like, like oh, hi. So that's kind of, yeah, but then, and then with the Pete scene, that's fine too. He's like the Boo Radley of the oh, story. Yeah. Like, or the old lady from Home Alone. Yeah, whichever. The pigeon lady. Two. The pigeon lady. <laughs> it's, the shovel man. It's all, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> so again though kind of something that felt a little like pushed in there um but again a slice of life coming of age story there's always like and then this one adult that taught me this life lesson yeah, oh, yeah. so of course it has that some in kind there. of trip in there i love um Janine Garofalo's character. Yes, me too. When I saw her again, I kind of had forgot she was in it. And I was like, oh, yes. I was like, she's the, like, local witch. She's the local witch. Love Love it. it. Absolutely loved it. And that she calls them boys. boys. And then, girls. And she's like, I know. She's just a weird bitch. And then when she's doing the tarot, I'm like, that's not how tarot works. So she pulled like the ten of swords. Yeah, which is doesn't mean murder. No, no. <laughs> and it looks like she was doing a Celtic cross spread as well, which I don't think tells you anything about like how someone was murdered. <laughs> like, was, so love that. Love that they did no research. Right, I knew that. Um, but that's how it was back then. I mean, because every time you saw a movie with tarot, it was always like death, devil. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's also shout out Hank Azera. Oh, he was genius in this. He was so good in it. I didn't realize I how good him. he was back then. Also, I'm going to throw this out there. I realized how handsome of a man he is. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I really like Hank Azera. Oh, yeah. Like, I finally dawned hilarious. on me last night that I was like, he he's so funny. Very attractive. And he is so handsome in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hello, Hank. <laughs> oh, I've always loved him in the birdcage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought he was super attractive in that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I wasn't, like, super attracted to him. I love him in those I shorts. loved his character. Um, but in this one, I was like, oh, my God, he just seems so charming. And, like, I realized how cute he was. <laughs> I know, and he's, like, so awkward. <laughs> nervous laugh. I love it. I loved everything. And I was like, scene. oh, he just wants to take him to the museum. I That's know. Nice. And also, the point to the fact, too, of Samantha, I feel like she's a little too broody for no reason. 
I'm like, oh, your parents divorced. Granted, yeah, your dad just up and left. But, like, your dad's a douchebag, not your mom. Right. Like, why was everyone... I felt like everyone was unjustly blaming her mother. Because her mother started dressing different. So, therefore, she was the one to blame. Because that's why her dad left. Oh, was that why? Probably. I thought it was Because why else did they make such a big deal about her mother I thought she was, like, dressing different to, like, look good for her husband. And then he's like, this isn't working. Like, I mean, you can interpret it either way. You know what I'm saying? So, either way, though, uh, not all the blame seems to be, it doesn't seem to be the mom's fault. Um, Back then, you always blame the mother. It's always the mother's fault for everything. Remember? That's very true. And also, just the fact of, like, she's navigating, like, being a single mom. Back then... That was almost like a death sentence for, you know, like certain yeah, women. like you have to uh, yeah, support your family. exactly. And she was still young and, like, attractive. attractive and trying to, like, find someone for... Get a stepdad. Yeah. and Because like, obviously wh- he's not going to keep paying for the house. Well, yeah, but, like, where are your dad at, bro? Exactly. Like, if he, like, oh, if You'll he was so soon. great. How soon? How long is this time frame been? I know. What she's- a- piece of shit. I know. I can't. This isn't working. Yeah, so that kind of bothered me uh, again as an adult watching that. When I was a kid, I kind of was like one way or the other like, oh yeah, like, oh she's upset. Her parents are like divorcing. Okay. Well, I mean, I get it because like she said, she was the only one in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it was something new for that time. So that's understandable. But just now, like with fresher adult eyes though, I'm like, oh fuck you, Gabby. (laughs) Or wait, that wasn't that's her real name, but fuck you, Samantha. Get over yourself. Like, fucking Thorntini living her best life. Her parents ain't fucking there at all. And she's like, like, got my things up here. (laughs) Thank you. I won this Oscar, like, practicing (laughs) her big win. So, she's a little trooper. The kiss scene. Um, It was still so innocent and sweet. I love that he asked her. I didn't remember that. Like, can I kiss you? And, like, him stuttering. And that's kind of what he did in Casper, too. Can I keep you? Oh, can I keep you? Yeah, can I keep you? I know, but I literally still melted last night. I still got a little heart flutter from old times. I know. I I was like, that's so adorable. It was was super adorable. It was really adorable. It wasn't, like, uncomfortable. It wasn't. And the way they handled it was so, like, naturally childish. I yeah. feel like, you know, like, it was just very well done. And then, done. like, they look at each other later. I know, and then knowing that they probably had little crushes on each oh, other. Yeah, like, sure. that's so cute. It it's is. so sweet. And, like, knowing that the adult actors they've become and they've, like, do so well. Like, he's doing, like, Chucky now and stuff. Is he? I like, yeah. I like that they kind of stayed in, like, almost this weird kind of offbeat horror thing. Yeah. Like, with them being, like, she was an Adams Family Casper chick. Like, Wednesday Adams. Mm-hmm. Like, he was Casper. Remember Idle Hands? Yeah, I was like, he did Idle Hands. <laughs> later like so I feel I love that they're kind of in in the horror communities like that's so cool to me but I also love the end when she's like if you tell anybody like your brothers I'll beat the shit I know like (laughs) I thought it was a perfect way to end that he's like like, that's exactly how a girl would be that was like (laughs) so props to that scene I think it was very well done still Mm -hmm. and it held up was not weird very sweet (laughs) exactly I still gave my little my old heart a flutter. Right. Like, oh. For teenage me. <laughs> <laughs> they've had this magical summer and they've messed solved with these the boys. Mystery. They've solved the mystery, which, again, we've even glossed <laughs> over it. And I feel like that is because it's just such a, a fun movie with their dynamic and how well the girls interacted with each other to where what they were actually doing kind of didn't matter. Yeah, it really wasn't necessary. Because they were so fun to watch. Um, But the seances were fun. 
Um, because I wanted to do that as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember that now as what, when I was going back and watching Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah. Like yeah, the idea of was, seances yeah. and... Candles outside. Mm-hmm. I remember we would do it a lot indoor. I mean, obviously, yeah. we didn't have a cemetery that we went to <laughs> that right. was easily accessible. And I go to a cemetery at night <laughs> <laughs> So we would do that a lot with Ouija boards and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's very just fun, classic stuff. But the plot line, if you are interested, it is that they always go, they were like, oh, well, we're going to resurrect Dear Johnny. They're doing this thing. They're in front of Dear Johnny's gravestone. Um, the freaking, what, electricity, the lightning lightning happens and like strikes, strikes though something like electrical. It yeah. was like a pop or something and they freak out. And they think that they did it, right? Yeah. And then in the end, when they're doing their last seance, thing, like, oh, we're going to put them back. And the guy keeper. shows up with the gravekeeper, and it looks like it's floating the headstone, yeah. <laughs> which is funny. But then he's like, oh, because I broke it. No, that's kind of how they wrapped it up, because they were like, oh, well, that was when we kind of, like, grew up, basically. Yeah, right. Like, you know, they weren't fun and games with the kind of make-believe stuff or, or anything like that. Because they're like, it wasn't real, now we're throwing all our seance stuff away. Mm-hmm. Wing. Yeah. It's hard to believe, period. Yeah. And they get their treehouse, but it's like a place for them to be, like, independent together. Yeah. Because now they're respecting each other's, like, differences. Because they do talk about how, oh, we want to do everything alike, but now we just want to be us, like, yes. together. And so I did think that was still though, a, a good, good lesson to, yeah. to end it as well. Especially for young girls, because they can get so clicky, or, you know, have we have to be just like each exactly. other. Um, and kind of show you, hey, you know, you have different dynamics with people. You shit happens. Relationships yeah. and shit happens. And so, yeah, I, uh, I think they... Ended it fine, even with them coming, and they go back to the adults. Wasn't really necessary. No, and that speech by Demi Moore was so hard to watch. It was. <laughs> it was just too thick. Yes, again, laying it on too thick for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she was a su- successful science fiction writer. Obviously, she had books published. So why? I guess it's Samantha now acknowledging that. Oh, the things that she learned from that summer didn't make sense. Until now Until that she came now. home. Yeah, that she came home. That, and, that would make sense. And, yeah, because remember that Crazy Pete tells her, like, just because these things happen. You don't have to run it. away. Yeah, don't she shut yourself away. She ran away from home away. for ten years or however long she's gone. Five. It, ten. It was supposed to be ten, yeah. So it has been a long time. And I guess they're supposed to be, what, like, maybe in their early thirties then? Um... Because I feel like Rita 12. Wilson was quite a little older like, than some of them, right? <laughs> so he was like, okay, he was I, like I feel like she was already too old to be having a baby. <laughs> not like, too old, but like for her on to On the like, old side to have a baby, like her first baby, I guess. Yeah, and for it to be like a moment that she needs like, oh my God, my girlfriends. Like, that's where it feels like. Like, I feel like that would be more when you're like 24, 25 and you guys haven't been away from each other that long. You know what yeah. I mean? Like. Oh my god, girl! Or I'm like, I got baby. really bad news. I got cancer. I need my girlfriends here right. for support. But she's like, "Hey, I'm 36 and I'm having my first child. <laughs> I need everyone I knew." Remember that pact we made when we were 12. We were 12. I, know I haven't seen you in 10 years, <laughs> but I need you now. I know I was just talking shit about you when you were on the TV, Teeny, but I need you here now. That's what I thought was weird. Did you see that part? It, it well, it feels like Chrissy's always a little judgy too. But I'm like. Okay, so you're going to judge them, but then you want them there. Like, yeah, she's a little needy. Well, I guess because remember her mother was like, canopy up, canopy down. 
Yeah, which controlling. Ways lame. Yeah. yeah, so she gets that. That part was hilarious to me, though. I did think so, too, because she's like, oh, you're going to get dust. Can it be up? Can it be down? Oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, yeah. So I guess it's where you're supposed to at least, at least they get, like, she's they like, give you that. <laughs> she's like, oh, that scares mommy. It's like, boo, that's sex to mommy. <laughs> She's like, she did a good job. Yeah, that's so funny. funny. I know. Again, the Thor versus character kind of is the one you get that, like, so her parents are never there. So mm. you just see her kind of do things on her own. And even as an adult character, again, not as flushed out as, like, no, you they didn't. Do she with didn't. Did she even have any talking parts when she was an adult? I mean, some, barely. you know, like, yeah, barely. Like, classic Melanie Griffith kind of, you know, like, oh, I'm so pretty and I talk all nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I feel like the in terms of the adults, yeah, and children, Thora Birch, you kind of don't get a lot, even though she was a gem as the actress. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, Roberta, at least you get a lot with her childhood, but then, like I said, they give Rosie O'Donnell the shit out of the stick. So, yeah, that's why overall, cut it out. Didn't need that part. Whatever. Okay, she learned her life lesson from Crazy Pete. Like from Crazy Pete. Got it. And then that. And then I love that where she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember Crazy Pete. That was uh, his family." And they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And I love that Chrissy and fucking Rosie O'Donnell's character Roberta. They're the ones who stayed in town, even though he died. And they're like, "Oh, I didn't know that was his family." Fuck you. Yeah, 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 you did. You didn't even, or if you didn't, you didn't even try to find out. It just seems like, and that also, I'm like, wasn't it really obvious? Like, they all read the article, said Peter fucking Sims, you call the guy Crazy Pete, and he hangs out in the graveyard. Yeah. Couldn't put two and two together. So that's why I'm like, if you're going to have, like, the murder mystery aspect, make them fucking solve it. <laughs> Not just have Samantha figure it out, and then And why wouldn't tell she anyone. tell anybody? I, that's that's the part that pissed me off the most about this movie. Yeah. That's why I'm like, nope, I agree that you didn't need the mystery sleuthing because they did a shitty job of it. <laughs> <laughs> you failed. And I think even back then that was my gripe then. Because I think that's why I forgot it was a mystery mm-hmm. because it it's wasn't a good so one. like anticlimactic in that sense. So they could have just stuck with the coming of age slice of life kind of whatever they could have made the adventure kind of maybe surrounding some other story or something but like or just made it to where they solved it or she shared it with the girls yeah would have made so much more sense especially when you're that close to them yeah it's like your clique you made but this she fucking didn't tell him he almost died either so well, that's true weird <laughs> weird things they share with each other i yeah. guess like depends on their mood <laughs> i feel like i would be like girl listen to what happened to me on the way home i almost died Fell in a fucking sewer. I know because they was drowned in shit water. <laughs> they show their method of like suburban communication with their flashlight, right. and their little bell system. Oh, which I loved that as a kid. I always wished I lived close enough to somebody that we could have that. Yeah, but I lived out in the sticks. I know. Well, and nowadays we're like, oh, we have cell phones. <laughs> we don't nail them all. Boring. <laughs> But that's not, you know, as exciting as yeah. waking up by a little bell attached to a string <laughs> like you're a cat. <laughs> but yeah, so overall the movie ends basically with them doing like an adult Golden Girls pact. Mm-hmm. Like renewing the pact basically. Hey, we'll still be there for How'd they get that goddamn baby up that treehouse? Wasn't it ladders only? I don't know. That's a newborn baby. How is that treehouse still intact after like 25 years? I'd be afraid to... As, how is it on dry rotting? Who put it up? I guess Chrissy's dad, right? Probably. Yeah. So that was the pack that they just bought it and then he put it up and then built that deck and then... like Yeah. Like, well, and that it can hold all four adult women. Yeah. 
I mean, they just don't make stuff like they used to. That is like a fucking house. That, that is legit tree house. It is a house up I in know, a tree. I know, that would be impressive. And, yeah, so that that was now and then. It gives all kids unrealistic expectations <laughs> of what is possible. For tree houses. For tree houses everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> So other than that, how'd you feel about this rewatch? Um, I still enjoyed it. Me too. Um, It still took me back. The soundtrack was epic. Absolutely. I still um, enjoy the part where they're on their bikes and then knock three times. Mm -hmm. I still love Love that part. Yeah. It just really took me back to my bicycle days. Exactly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we did that at one point. Oh, I'm sure we did. So I do want to acknowledge that I think like... The male critic reviews of it, I think they do miss out on that. Despite, yeah, I it think has it's cheesy. not for you. Yeah, sir. exactly. It's and not it's for okay you. for some things to not be for you. For you, exactly. That's okay. Now and then, five stars. Yeah, five out of well, five. Five out of five. Great cast, fun story, took us back. Mm-hmm. So had the trifecta. I we don't want to end it on a sad note, mm-hmm. but I do have a fact. Okay, that is sad. Go for it. The girl that played Chrissy, Ashley oh, Ashton Moore. Did yeah, you see that? I did. She passed away in 2007. I saw that. It was sad. Yeah. And I know that's when I was like, I don't know if I want to acknowledge it. Oh. It was so sad, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to write it down. I was, it was devastated. So I, was, I, was I was like, oh, did she ever play anything else? Because she was good in that. Yeah, she was. Yeah, shame. I know. And then I found a blog that was like a girl that was friends with her. So, rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. This is dedicated to you. Yes, to Ashley. You did a great job. Yeah. You're a big part of our childhoods. So thanks. Yep. Like I said, I'm half Chrissy, so. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, uh, that kicked off back to school month. We are going to follow up with Rock and Roll High School, and then we will be ending August with Jawbreaker. Mm -hmm. Um, as always, you can find us at Film Gazers on Instagram, on the Facebooks, on, on the, the Twitters. Twitters. On Twitter is where you will find the Discord link. <laughs> where we don't really do anything. <laughs> but we're trying. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. Give us a break. <laughs> anyway, that, uh... That covers it, I think. That just about wraps it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> time to hit the dusty trail. Until next time. Later, Later taters. taters. <laughs> but, uh,